Welcome everyone, this is the Bumcast. I am your host, HPAC, the head bum in charge, along with Bologna, Southside Bum, and welcome them back for, I don't know, third, fourth time. Cousin John, good to have you here today. Thank you guys, proud, uh, proud to be back and can't wait to shit on Matt Nagy today. Yeah, there there ain't gonna be any pleasantries today. It's let's get it's to it. Get it. It's gonna be a lot of negative talk here and a lot of fuck you, Matt Naggies, because um I don't know about you guys. I'm under the impression that this was Matt Nagy's way of saying, see, I told you, I told you he wasn't ready. I told you Dalton's a, Dalton's my guy, Dalton's a starter. I feel, I feel I mean, like this was deliberately trying to get him. His point I, saw, across. I saw Big Cat saying the same thing. If that's the case, you have to fire him on the spot because that's just reckless. I mean, it can't be the case. I mean, it's borderline dangerous if that's the case. Um, but it is what we've been saying forever. You know, he can't scheme. He can't game plan. He just doesn't adjust. Um, we've talked about it all last year where they just couldn't get off. Uh, they didn't do any halftime adjustments every third quarter. They just couldn't score touchdowns for like 10 weeks in a row and nothing's changed. He stinks out of buys. It's, it's stuff that we've known forever. And yesterday was the culmination of all of that. Like it's just borderline criminal what he's doing to that poor kid. And we've been ranting and raving about wanting to see Justin Fields. And now I'm backtracking and I'm backpedaling. Like I don't want to see him until Matt Nagy's gone. Cause he's going to ruin this poor kid. Yeah, it was, it was definitely not pretty taking nine sacks. Um, I didn't get to watch as much as the game as I wanted to. Uh, we, we didn't record on Sunday night because I had my engagement party. It was a celebration of love and Justin Fields. And then it was just train wreck from there. And it was just all about love at that point. Um, so yeah, I just know that I just saw that he got sacked nine times and offense didn't look great. Defense was trying to hold on as much as they could, but they're getting gassed out from just being on the field the whole time. And we get Detroit next week, which should be better, but it might be the Nick Foles show next week, which, ugh, God, I hope it's not. But I hope it is. Well, maybe you're right on that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually was going to pose that question for y'all too, is is – would you rather see Dalton and um, and or Foles the rest of the year? Because, you know, it's like, do we really want to go through this again with another quarterback where we're consistently changing offensive coordinators or head coaches? And, you know, Fields is clearly not creating great habits, you know, learning anything from Matt Nagy at this point. I can't imagine that he's learning anything positive, um, you know, because the scheme is just awful. It's not playing to his strengths. He's just, it's just awful. So it's like, do you want to risk? having them play out the rest of the year, having to unlearn all these things, learn under a new coordinator and probably have to learn under a new coordinator coordinator three years after that, because they clearly don't know how to hire. It's just, it's such a mess. I mean, it's, I was so excited for fields too. I, I called, I think uh, week three that he would start, uh, you know, on the cast. I can't remember if that was what I called it. It was either week two or three, um, which I, you know, I didn't know Dalton was going to get hurt, but I think we talked about the line being bad and that being the case, but this is just, it, it's unbelievably awful. And, you know, I was, I was talking to you guys on the cast. I'm, I'm in Pittsburgh right now. I'm actually um, about an hour East outside of Pittsburgh, which is uh, in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, where this is the training camp of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which it's 
nuts over here, by the way. Everything's black and yellow. Um, and I went to a casino to watch the game. I'm sitting there watching it with the guy. And like, you know, we're, he's, he was a Bears fan, sat down next to me, told me he grew up on the south side. Really crazy. Grew up like four blocks from where I grew up. Small world kind of deal. Oh, and then wow. we're talking about man talking about Matt Nagy. And he's like, you know, and he made a good point. He's like, look, I really like Matt Nagy as a head coach. He's not a play caller. He's not an offensive guru. Like, you know, people think that, or he thinks that he is, uh, but he's a good head coach. You know, he's, he gets the guys to play for them. You know, he made a great point about them making a playoff run last year, you know, when they really like, you know, were shit in the bed and they kind of rolled off all these wins in a row to get into the playoffs, you know? And, and I, I said, you know, I agree with that. I understand, you know, he's, I, I agree. He grades great culture, you know, for the club dub stuff that I told you I'm just over and annoyed with just because I'm over him. Um, it's a good culture builder. The guys buy into them for whatever reason, right? You know, and if they play for him, they play hard. That's amazing. Now where I told the guy, I said, you know, it turned out he was telling me he was like an ex-Marine and he was like stationed there. That's why he lived in Pittsburgh. I work retail leadership, you know, obviously it's not the same thing, but when you're talking about leadership, it kind of transcends into different realms, right? And I was bringing up leadership as when you're a leader of a unit or a team, right? You you have to weigh into your, lean into your strengths and you have to be able to be self-aware when you don't have strengths. And that's when you delegate to people that are really strong in those areas. So to me, like leadership is, you know, it's having self-awareness. And this is the guy that is probably the least self-aware person I've ever seen in, in Chicago sports history, just because of the pure fact that he refuses to give up play calling. And it's just, it's so frustrating. Yeah. It's, it's stubbornness. It's like you said, not being self-aware. He goes in those press conferences and says, you know, we have to evaluate everything. Everything is you dude. Like you're the reason why this is falling apart. It's, I mean, look yourself in the mirror. Like you're trying to figure out why look at, look, just look at you. I mean, he has your BU or whatever the fuck it's called on his, stupid little clipboard um it's you you're the reason why the play calling sucks you're the reason why you can't make in-game adjustments second half adjustments you're flat on the buy it's all you there there shouldn't be any more evaluating everything's on the table we're evaluating everything there shouldn't be any more evaluating at this point for the coaching staff it's it's him he got and he's got to go he should have been gone last year he should have been gone today but if Bears had any competence over in Hallis Hall, McCaskey or Phillips would have fired his ass and just won over Ryan Pace's head, but it's bad and nothing's going to change until he finally goes. I heard, or I shouldn't say heard, but I was reading all over Twitter today from Mike North that he's basically a being a Mitch Trubisky apologist now because, you know, he feels that Nagy ruined well, yeah, Mitch. Ryan Clark said the same thing uh, in the morning was saying, like, maybe we were wrong about Mitch, because at this point, it's been Mitch Trubisky. It's been Nick Foles a year removed from a Super Bowl. It's Andy Dalton. And now it's Justin Fields. And it's the same song and dance. At what point is it not the quarterback's fault? Yeah, it's it's he's got he needs to go. And if Ryan Pace can't pull the trigger, then he needs to go, too, because it's just this is a fucking joke, guys. I mean. We're, we should be happy that we got Justin Fields. We should, this should be great times in watching him play. But when he, when he's just getting his head taken off his shoulders, every, every drop back, 
it's it's scary to watch the happiness lasted three games it's brutal to say we were all excited john you got your jersey we were all excited i said i'm turning into ohio state fan all of that lasted three goddamn games because of matt Nagy. Well, I mean, I mean, what I've been saying this since last year, I mean, even before we got fields and and all that, I mean, I've, I've always just wanted everybody just to kind of like blow this whole team up, blow everybody up in the organization. And obviously we're in, we're in a bad spot right now. Um, Obviously they're not going to fire Nagy in mid season. I've no, no, they've never done, they should, but they're, they're not going to do it. Pace has put us in a position. I know we all, and I agree too. This is all on Nagy as far as the coaching, everything. His ego is in the way. He just doesn't want to, you know, relinquish his his play calling. He, he just thinks that he's a guru, which he's not. Um, and I mean, it, it's, it's the same old, same old every single time. Um, obviously, Pace has also put this in, in a same in a similar situation or not similar situation. He put us in a situation where we don't have any draft capital. We don't have uh, a lot of money to spend. We have to get rid of players. Um, I think I saw something or you guys mentioned that uh, yesterday that a lot of our uh, or some of our, our, our cap is hit is because of Foles and, and Jimmy Graham and stuff like that. Like, you know, we could have easily signed an offensive lineman or, you know, got rid of them or, or something, just something to try to get help for the quarterback, regardless if it's Foles, regardless if it's Dalton or, or Fields. We have no offensive line. I think at one of the sacks that that um, um, that I saw yesterday, it looked like Peters was actually helping um, Miles Garrett <laughs> push uh, him to get the sack. I mean, it's that was just that I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, today and he was, he was saying that had to be one of the worst games he's ever seen as a bears fan. Um, it's up there. And I've, we've, we've all been through a lot of bad seasons with either Trustman, Shoop. Um, I mean, I could go on and on with this. Um, it's bad. And, and I don't know if, yeah, once we, yeah, we, once we fire Nagy, is it really going to help? Is it going to really, change things for the bears organization i just think that we're in a we're in a deep hole and it might get to a point where fields when it comes time for his contract is up is he is not going to want to stay here there's we're in a bad situation right now yeah i think you hit the nail on the, you hit the nail on the head i mean to piggyback on a lot of the things you said i for as mad as i am as matt, at matt Nagy, i think that it goes beyond him you know to your point you know, it's, it starts at the top, you know, it's an organi- organizational thing. They clearly said at the beginning of the year or at the end of last season that we're not evaluating our organization on wins and losses. You know, it's about how happy we are in the building, you know, or some bullshit, you know, that they're spewing out or Ted Phillips said, you know, and they're not rating it on wins the and collab- losses. The collaborating and the communication and. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, that's the thing that they're going to grade the, uh, the organization now, not winning or losing, you know, because clearly it doesn't matter to them. You know, we continue to talk about this team. We continue to spend our money to go to games, you know, that are ridiculously overpriced and, you know, probably one of the highest tickets in the NFL period, um, you know, and they don't care because they're continuing to make their money. It doesn't really matter if they win or lose at this point. You know, the fans could be as loud as they want until fans become apathetic towards this team nothing will change at the top, you know? And then we look at Ryan Pace, he constructed this team and, you know, to your point, Juan, you know, he, 
he did a poor job of using the payroll. You know, I, I don't necessarily mind getting rid of some of the draft capital if you're smart enough to maneuver the um, salary cap, which he's not. And he wasted so much money on Jimmy Graham that, you know, they played him seven snaps last week. They played Jesse James, who is a blocking tight end, one snap last week, right? So, and I'll get to that in a second, but they're spending money on Jimmy Graham, which they should have used that money towards Kyle Fuller, you know, and I would have rather had Kyle Fuller at this point than Jimmy Graham. They have money tied up in uh, Nick Foles, which they gave up, you know, what was it, a fourth rounder to get him? And then they took on his whole salary. Uh, and then they went out and spent 10 million on Andy Dalton, which nobody was spending 10 million or 10 million on Andy Dalton. So it's all tied up like in, you know, in the defense right now, which is getting older. And then it's tied up into a couple offensive players that they're past their prime or they're just, they're not cute contributors. So, uh, and then he still refuses to pay Allen Robinson, you know, and it's just, it's mind boggling. So, you know, it's, it's a problem with pace there. And then also pace not stepping in and saying, you know what? If you don't hand over your play calling to your offensive coordinator, you're out the door. And I don't give a shit about yep. the Bears tradition, not fi firing somebody midseason. You get rid of the guy. If he, 37, 37 or what was it, 37 or 47 yards of offense is completely unacceptable. Nine sacks is unacceptable, which brings me back to my last point. The offensive scheme was just awful. Miles Garrett came out and said that this was the easiest time he had playing against an offensive line. He said that they never rolled Fields out of the pocket, which he was really surprised because they knew what Fields could do outside of the pocket. You know, they never even tried it. Uh, they basically, tr they ran a four-man front, Cleveland did, and they were able to get to, you know, to, to Fields. They had no chip blockers. You didn't have any back coming out of the backfield trying to chip block Miles Garrett. You didn't have two tight end sets to basically, again, chip block uh, the, the, the ends and run some flats to make it a little bit easier on the kid. So when he rolls out of the pocket, you have a true play action, right? They didn't do any of those things. They, they never gave the kid a chance. And it's super unfair to Jason Peters that this 57 year old man who's way past his prime can is, is has to block one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. You never see Khalil Mack, right? You haven't seen Khalil Mack have four and a half sack games in a long time. And why is that? Because offensive coordinators scheme against this guy knowing that he's going to be a problem and you're always going to double team that guy. Miles Garrett saw no double teams. He ran free range on this old man with brittle knees and this fields never had a chance. So it, it starts at, you know, Ted Phillips, it starts at Ryan Pace starts at Mad Nagy. You know, when I agree, it's all of them, man, it's this whole thing just needs to get blown up at this point, you know, keep fields blow up the rest. I have, yeah. I have a quick question for you guys real quick. Do you think that Nagy and Pace are on the same page? Do you think that they like oh, each yeah. other? Oh, they're 100%. definitely on the same page. For sure they're on the same page because right now, Matt Nagy is Pace's scapegoat. You know, like he could put all the blame on him right now and Ryan Pace will save his job. Like, yeah, because Ted Phillips is an idiot and won't recognize because i would i wanted to follow up with what john was saying like pace himself needs to go just because he's you look at this when he's with his top draft picks wasting it on kevin white and other busts right off there you're you're using so many picks on tight ends in the top of the draft when you should have been using them on guards and in tackles 
you you're drafting tight ends. You're signing Jimmy Graham for money for an offense that doesn't even utilize the tight end. This isn't the offense that where Travis Kelsey or, or Waller are running, you know, 20 yards up the middle and catching passes that you could literally put any tight end in that scheme because it's going to be the same vanilla tight end that we've seen for the past few years. So you're wasting picks on Cole Komet. You're wasting picks on Adam Shaheen. You're spending a lot of money for Jimmy Graham when you could just get a whole bunch of Jesse James's and that and you use your top draft picks on, you know, like critical positions like guards. <laughs> I don't know why I mean, this is so not, hard to figure out. Let's not forget Tevin Jenkins. He was supposed to be our savior and they drafted a guy with a bad back. Well, yeah, so and then they'll, they'll say the same they'll, thing. They'll say the medicals came through and everything and blah, blah, blah. And, and but again, the one thing I will say is like, John, you talked about, like, I don't mind giving up the draft picks with the match deal and then the Trubisky thing. And now with Justin Fields, but when you give up draft picks, you can't miss on these other guys. And it just hamstrings you so bad. The sixth round draft pick that Daz Newsome, the wide receiver, he was drafted in June and cut in August. So what does that, where does that leave you? You know, like that could have been an offensive lineman. Just, we keep saying it. We said, we said it before the draft, just draft a bunch of fat guys. Eventually one of these guys is going to pan out. And like you said, we love, I've been critical on him. Jay or you guys, not so much, but Cole Komet should have been a luxury. And we don't have that luxury right now. We need big fat guys, moving people and the Cole Komet, the Daz Newsom's everything gets pushed down because you expect these guys to deliver and they don't because at the end of the day, Ryan Pace can't draft. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily blame the focus on the tight end a hundred percent because I think they, you know, the, the philosophy is to, you know, have a top tight end that is basically like that, you know, oversized wide out, you know, that case Kansas city has like Kelsey. I mean, they tried it with, you know, Trey Burton, and that was a miss. You know, they tried it with Jimmy Graham, and he was a pretty good touchdown machine last year, but that was it. He was a red zone target, and that was that was it. Um, you know, his best legs, you know, and best years are behind him, so he can't run those, like, routes that Travis Kelsey can run. Um, and they're hoping that Cole Komet could be that guy, and we still don't know because they don't have a chance. The difference is Kansas City had two Pro Bowl tackles on each side of the ball, and they drafted – those tackles to protect their first round quarterback. And that's the thing that we have failed to see is that anytime you draft, like, you know, uh, a quarterback in the first round, your next pick immediately should be a guy to protect him immediately. And they didn't do that when they drafted Mitch Trubisky, they didn't do that with Justin Fields or what they did with Justin Fields, but it was a guy who clearly had some injury histories, you know? So it's, that's the problem is that you need to handcuff these guys when you're drafting your, you know, your face to the franchise, the future, you know, of your organization, the guy you think is going to be under center for the next 10 years, you have to handcuff it with some kind of offensive line help. And they just don't do that consistently enough. And, and it's just, again, it's just super frustrating because pace, you know, and I'm going to give him some credit. He went out and, you know, and he found some guys in the mid rounds, you know, that, that have been pretty good, but yeah, I mean, so he does good as late round as late round draft picks, but then he cuts yeah. he cuts half of them anyways. Because yeah, don't know why, but um, yeah, it's frustrating. So let's hope 
that if Justin Fields does play on Sunday, we get the Lions. And this is the game that he needs to get right. They need to scheme. He needs to stop, you know, trying to prove that he's smarter than everyone else in the room. He needs to stop sucking his own dick and put Justin Fields in the situation that he can succeed in. Do the rollouts, do some scrambles, do some, you know, RPO, like just play to his strengths. Because if, if you rattle him and you fucking break this kid after his second start, because he's taking, you know, 18 sacks in two weeks, and then he has to go into LA and then Pittsburgh and then Tampa Bay, it's going to be a fucking massacre. And I don't know it, at that point, like, what do you do? You, I guess you, do you keep on throwing them out to the wolves or you actually do go back to Dalton or something? Well, the one thing I don't want to, I mean, obviously it's just a depressing shit show, but I don't, I don't want to get too negative, but I am. I saw everybody talking about Nagy giving up play calling again, which happened. I mean, it seemed like he's been snip snapping every 10 games or so. He gave up play calling to Bill Lazor last season. That wasn't much better. I don't, no. I don't know if you guys remember Bill Lazor. No, it wasn't. Plays. It wasn't. There was no change. So I don't know what's going to change if for everyone that's saying like Bill Lazor has to call plays, there wasn't much of a difference. To be fair, though, I mean, Bill Lazor called maybe what, one or two games and then Nagy immediately took the reins back. So it's yes. you're never going to be able to create rhythm. And that's the, that's the problem is that Nagy can't create rhythm for the offense period, whether it's through his play calling or you know, delegating and allowing and empowering his offensive coordinator to do that. You know, there's just, there's no rhythm. There's always something that he'll jump in and he'll, he'll take over those reins again, or, or he'll mess with it, or, you know, he'll try to outsmart himself. He'll try these cute little trick plays. He'll try, you know, packages to bring in Justin Fields while Dalton is the starter, like enough, man, just find yeah. something, stick to it and try to create rhythm. Also, they only ran the ball like what, 10 times last week. Where it's like, I remember last week, last year, they were, man, people were nailing Nagy for not running the ball. And he said, oh, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, Clearly he is an are, idiot. Dude. You ran the he ball 10 idiot. times. You ran the ball 10 times against a four-man front. Unreal. Yeah. It, um, I mean, it, it comes down to ego, right? Like, it's frustrating the week in and week out. It's his ego. And he has to have it his way. And I don't understand how... Everyone in the media, us as fans, everybody could see it. But either the higher ups at Hallis Hall was to fill up in pace. They're either too blind to see or or they don't give a fuck, which is more frustrating. Oh, because they're not the, football guys running the, the they're not football the, guys running the team. The the epic uh, the apathetic feeling that comes from the front office of the Bears is the most frustrating of all because the X's and O's can get changed, but this is a 30 year drought of misery that we keep complaining about. And like you talk about the tradition of like, we haven't fired anyone mid season. Your tradition has sucked for the better part of three decades. So what tradition are you trying to prove? And you could, you could like, you know, hang your head on being the franchise of the NFL, but realistically we're getting compared week in and week out to the jets, the Jaguars and the lions. That's, that's the, the comparables that your franchise yeah, like we're not the Patriots, the Steelers, the, the top end of the NFL, you know. We are a laughing stock week in and week out during Monday night football games and Sunday night primetime games and everything like that. 
We are the laughing stock of the league. And it, I don't know if they, they can't see it, obviously, but like, hopefully the fans start like seeing it as well because it's, it's brutal. Fire Matt Nagy chance at the game on Sunday. I mean, the fact that they had what it was again, 47 yards of offense and he's evaluating if he should give up play calling. That says everything you need to know about this franchise. One, it says everything you need to know. 1.1 yards per play. The second fewest by any team in a century. 1.1 yards per play. Yard and yeah. one total passing yard. Net passing yard, yeah. One. Freaking crazy. Six passes completed, nine sacks. Like, I mean, we could go on and on with the stats and the sacked more than like, sacked more than compl- made completed passes, and then they wonder he wonders why everyone's pissed off and criticizing him. And I, my question is, is like, who's in charge of doing like in-game adjustments? Is that more coming from Laser or is that more coming from Nagy? Because if if Laser starts calling plays, but it's still Nagy in charge of doing in-game adjustments, it's still gonna be the same shitty offense as we've been seeing it it better be ronald mcdonald because that's the only clown on that team that i could at least respect <laughs> yeah justin fields pressured 60 percent of dropbacks that's the most since the stat has been tracked by espn like how is and, that kid gonna survive what's crazy is that the bears were in that game the entirety until like yes. the last half so, of the fourth quarter so credit to the defense. We we talked about it preseason. We we weren't sure if they were going to show up and stuff like that. They're trying their damn hardest besides goddamn Eddie Jackson, where I keep talking about him refusing to tackle. He hates tackling like I hate salads. Like he will, just doesn't <laughs> want to play football, man. What about uh, what about I, potato salads? Good point. Macaroni salad. I'm down for that. Yeah. Buffalo mac and cheese. All right, this is not the baloney show. Let's get back to shitting on Nagy. Um, speaking of baloney show, I want to issue a correction. Uh, last week, I criticized the baloney bourbon as chicken stock, and I got to taste some of it yes, uh, Sunday at my engagement party. And the baloney bourbon is, is not chicken stock. It is a very good mixture of his 27 herbs and spices or whatever the hell he's putting in. He won't share the That's- secret. Can't take it to he's taking it to his grave or something. No, I um, mean I can be bribed, man. I got a mortgage <laughs> and two kids. Like I could definitely be bribed for the recipe. I'm not taking it to my grave. Yeah, but it was it was definitely some good stuff. And I'm uh, happy. And so okay, so let's let's transition a little just a little bit from all the negativity. We had a good time at your engagement party. I know the Bears. Thank you. Were not having. I mean, they were ruining it for everyone. But we were watching some Ryder Cup action. We had, uh, I met some of your family and, and it was fun. So just wanted to yeah. say kudos. Thank you. Thank you to the fellow bums for the, for the lovely bourbon gifts. Very much made my day. Oh, I, well, I, I didn't want to blow your spot up. I didn't know what you ended up getting. Um, so there was the, um, Blanton's, there was a Four Roses, there was a 1792, there was an Angel's Envy in o- Jefferson's Ocean. Um, I might be missing one one more, but yeah, so it was some good, it was some good selections there. And uh, if you knew but, this was the case, would you have you would you have proposed a long time ago? 
I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I, I think I think we're just gonna have our registry at Binnie's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Forget Bed Bath and Beyond and Target and all those. Or, you know, William I mean, Sonoma. May, maybe I'll stuff. put like a new, new pot and pan set on there. And but um, Tom Tom got my buddy Tom. Shout out him. He got me a very nice uh, decanter. So now bourbons. you can start making your own the the Sarah and Jason Jason mix. Yeah, because I don't want to like give up my bourbons for a mix i, I don't know you just know gotta do like the, the the last ounce the last ounce of yeah. each bottle yeah the what do you call it the infinity bottle the infinity bottle yeah yeah so no it was it was definitely good it was we got we got definitely some yeah some we awesome had we gifts. had a good we had, i had a good time i know you know joe and johnny we all enjoyed ourselves yeah so congrats it was, again it was fun it was fun thank you um should we Back keep the mac naggy that motherfucker should we should we yes. keep motherfucking Matt Nagy for a couple of seconds, or you guys want to want to bump I, some people? I think I've got all my notes that I got. I, I don't. I mean, goddamn! Shout out Clowney and Garrett, right? Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. Those were the fucking boogeymen. I just looking at all their stats and. <sighs> I mean, okay. So one last thing, because I talked about them being the Jets, the Jaguars, the Lions, and for the longest time, the Browns were those people. We are the Browns now. Like you know, the tables have turned. They're the rest. They're the blueprint to get things right. And I don't want to say they are the actual blueprint because it took them what twelve years of first round draft picks and stuff like that. But it's crazy to think like they were the laughing stock of the league for a long time, and they look good. Uh, yeah. They're a, they're a very complete team, offensive and defensively, and it's just that should be you know, like the light at the end of the tunnel for Bears fans. And I can't believe I'm comparing ourselves to the Browns, but that's literally where we've, that that's where we're at. Um, surprisingly, the Bears are favored to beat the Lions next week. So either Vegas hates the Lions more than the Bears or they're just, they just don't watch Bears games. Because it's going to be a dogfight. It's a battle yeah. of suckage. Shout out um, Bob Pants. I want to fight you. Yeah. So speaking of uh, Mr. Pants from the the dumpster city of Detroit and their dumpster fire of a baseball team trying to take out our MVP, you know, we haven't really talked to little socks past couple of weeks, but they finally clinched the division. Um, they are fighting for some home field advantage if they can gain two and a half games on the Astros. But today during, uh, during the game, they keep hitting a Brayu. And bench is cleared, and rightfully so, because Abreu needs to fight back now after all after getting hit like seventy-seven times this year already. Yeah, I mean, good for Abreu. He was sick of that shit. And for the people I saw online, and even the 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 pitcher from Detroit after the game saying that he was crowding the plate, there was like uh, there were like some fan graphs about Abreu's stances. He's not crowding the plate. He's dropping his shoulder, but he's definitely not crowding the plate. So he, him getting hit. I'd be pissed too. Like uh, enough of this shit, especially so close to the playoffs. What the fuck, Detroit? You know what's yeah. funny is that Carnerco used to get hit a lot too. I remember he used to get hit a lot too. Mm-hmm. Something about these first basemen of the White Sox that keep on getting hit. Yeah, uh, Brayo's got hit twenty six times this year. Jesus, it was number twenty six. Like today. I think like four of those were in the head too. 
yeah, he dude, he's that, yeah. freaking like the Walking Dead too. He just like he doesn't let him let it phase him. He just gets yeah. getting hit and he just keeps walking. So we got one more final week of baseball. We got the Reds, we got the Tigers, and then the playoffs start. And then, as I told you guys in my text the other day, we're we're turning the the bump the bump cave into the Hawks our new playoff station that we used to do for the Hawks. So. There'll be some tequila shots. There'll be some shot skis. There'll be some alerts. I, I don't know if we all signed up for this. We're definitely going to be doing stuff for the playoffs. I will say that much. But you got to remember, this Blackhawks playoff run was several kids ago and a decade. Our liver has seen something since then, Jason James. True. However, I said you do a shot of tequila for home runs. So you... It's not going to be a shot of tequila for each goal. Now, that being the, said, the way Yasmani Grandal was hit hitting more? and Eloy, get out of here with that stuff. Yeah, Between Eloy, Yasmani, and Lubav and everyone else, if the wind's blowing out, we're dead. Now, no, now you, you say that now. That being said, if the Blackhawks somehow shock everyone and go to the playoffs in April, you're going to be the first one saying, let's fire up the tequila Malort for every Hawks goal. Before yeah, uh, the jacket's ready, dude. The jacket yeah, is ready. See, exactly. The jacket, the jacket's ready. You so if the Hawks go to playoffs, you guys are back on board. So don't give me that you can't do a baseball one. Yeah, be, before we uh we move on to I just wanted to say I'm really shocked that and appalled that you know you usually have me on to talk about Cubs, and like I'm really appalled that none of you want to talk about Schwisdom right now, you know, Frank Schwindel and and Patrick Wisdom right now, and, and the damage that they're doing on the north side of the city, uh, you know, in the cellar of the net, of the central division. I mean, appalled guys, appalled. That Patrick Wisdom kid. Whenever he played the White Sox, that guy was our boogeyman, out of control. And then Frank Schwindel, I don't know where that that guy came from. Dude, literally looks like a used car salesman, dresses like a used car salesman, and he's like the talk of the town now. But yeah, kudos to you guys. You guys, you guys got two good ones on on the north side. They won't be on the team in two years. I guarantee it. <laughs> trade, trade. Bait. But no, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm real happy for you guys. I mean, the Sox. Uh, it, it's been a long time coming. I think the, when was the last time they made the playoffs in 2008? Well, yeah, won, so well last time they won a division. Well, was, last year, but they they've the never been year. right, right, yeah, right. Last never, year they made. I'm sorry. Yeah, they've never been back to back playoff postseasons. So that's yeah. That's a, so it's. It's pretty awesome. I mean, I, like I said, you know, we talked on previous casts, like it's such a great feeling to watch this window open and really kind of just not, you know, man, the pressure of watching playoff baseball is like, like none other, man, just like every pitch, you're just like on the edge of your, your seat, you know, and it's man, it's like one swing of the bat changes a game. I mean, I love playoff baseball. So, you know, kudos to you guys. I mean, it's, I know it's a great feeling. I remember it like it was just, you know, five years ago, because it was just five years ago, but um, I'm excited for you guys, man. I think they, you know, I know they've been playing some 500 baseball here the second half of the year, but I think if they get healthy, healthy and, and the pitching catches fire, that's all that matters, man. And it's just, they've got, they've got the team to do it, you know? And I think it's just, if they can all click, they're, they're going to be pretty dangerous. Yeah. I think the bad, I mean, just the, the lineup in general, I feel like they could go toe to toe with anyone when when Yasmani's doing what he's doing and Eloy and Lubov and El Bray was an RBI machine and if TA is getting on base, it, it it's 
it's pretty decent. The one thing I will say, and we've talked about it on previous shows and stuff like that, as long as our bullpen does what it's supposed to do, we're in for a deep run. So that's where I'm crossing my fingers is, is you know, Hendricks and Kimbrough and Kopech. If these guys do what they're supposed to do, I think we're going to have a fun October. Um, so, yeah, the last thing I wanted to say before uh, before we move on, um, they announced the blackout for the playoff games. Yes. I'm already like like picking out. I feel like I'm a kid at the first day of school. Like, ooh, what black jeans am I going to wear with the black hoodie? And I'm like <laughs> picking out outfits like, like, I'm so excited for playoff baseball. Yeah, I think with their lineup, I think the big thing is, did the young guys learn enough from last year, you know, to, to understand like putting the ball in play, not always swinging for the fences, you know, and obviously like just trying to manufacture some runs. I think that having Grandal in that lineup, you know, getting on base by any means necessary uh, really kind of rounds out that lineup and has some veteran leadership to help those young guys through like, you know, that playoff run. And I think the thing with bullpens is bullpens are always so like hot and cold. Right. And it's like, they always, it always feels like when they're, they're on, they're all on together. And when they're off, they're all off together. So if this time right now that they're using to be off, at least it's in the regular season when these games don't really matter anymore because they've clinched, they know where they're going to be. Their seat is pretty much determined at this point. So nothing else matters besides staying healthy. So if they're going to click, you'd rather it happen right now, this coming up week, and just going into the playoffs just hot. And uh, another thing, too, is that um, I feel more comfortable having La Russa as the coach as opposed to last year when, you know, he panicked and, you know, in the third game and all that. Like, he's been there. Oh, he he knows. Yeah, he, know, he knows pitches. what. He's, six pitches he's pulling Dunning. Yeah, he he Larusa knows he's not he's not a stranger. Obviously, everybody knows his accolades and all that. So I feel more comfortable with this team, this young team going into the playoffs this time around. You know, he's gonna keep them comfortable. He's gonna definitely say the things that he's supposed to say just to get them motivated, get them going. Um, yeah, and then uh, John, you're you're absolutely right. This next this this uh, week here. Um, Hopefully they're gelling. Hopefully they're, you know, they go on a nice little run so they could start going once going to the playoffs. Um, they, they get that momentum. They get that, you know, their, their energy flowing and all that. Um, if, if any indication of that, you know, I know it was just a regular season game, but that Yankees Sox game from Iowa, if that was any indication of a playoff atmosphere that what it could possibly be going into the playoffs, because all these teams, and obviously the playoffs is, you got so many good teams, uh, you know, going into the playoffs that, that, that three team race between the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. I mean, I'm so ex- I'm, I'm just excited about baseball as a baseball fan. Um, now that the Sox are in the playoffs, but that three team race is going to be actually absolutely fun. But um yeah, like how you how you just mentioned is just that you know hopefully they gel, hopefully they're in a you know they're healthy, and that's the number one thing too. Is that healthy? Did they say anything about Rodan? What, what what's going on with him? He's, or, or he's Lynn, not Lynn? ready yet. Yeah, so see, that's 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 one big thing that we have here is that, um, you know, we have to be healthy because these pitchers, some of these these guys that we're gonna match up with. Um, we need all the pitching. Giolito's been, it seems like he's been, he's been turning things around, which, you know, he had a nice good start against Cleveland. Um, you know, obviously Cease, you know, he got, he got injured in that Cleveland game, but he's been 
he's been de- definitely stride from last season to these this season. He's got the most strikeouts out of any White Sox player, and he's I think ranked top five in strikeouts. So um, there's a lot of improvements, you know. And that, you know now you have Grandel, you know, you know as catcher as well. Too, well, you had him last year, but um, yeah, it's just health, man. I mean that that's the number one thing right now that I'm just a little worried about going into the playoffs. Yeah, your point on Tony. The one thing I'll say here is he, be- he better be that guy. Cause I mean, this is, this is why you brought him in. You brought him in for playoffs. You didn't bring him in, you know, just because you needed these guys being developed. You know, we, we think we knew Ricky wasn't the guy, you know, being a Cubs fan, you know, Ricky had his, his moments and there are a lot of things that he did really well, like connecting with our, you know, the Latin players and everything like that and, and developing the young guys as they kind of came up the ranks. But we knew Ricky wasn't the guy, you know, and I think you guys knew that just as well as anybody else from the outside knew that, but this is why you go out and you get someone like Larusa, right? You go, they went against the grain here. You know, we, we knew it at the beginning of the era, there was a lot of, you know, frustration and anger that they went, you know, backwards in time to bring in this, like, you know, this relic, this fossil that, uh, you know, we, we just didn't know what was going to happen with this youth. And, so far, it looks like the team has gelled with him, but now is this is Tony time. This is when he's got to earn that paycheck, and he's got to prove to the fan base this is why Reinsdorf brought me, you know, brought me in is because I'm going to be able to get over the hump. I can control and I can manage the X's and O's. I can manage a game. I can temper the expectations of, you know, the jitters and the nervousness from the young players because I've been here. I've done that. So this is this is Tony time, man. This is where he earns his paycheck. Yeah, I'm glad you guys both brought it up because. I don't think there were two more people critical of Tony LaRusso than me and Jason. Um, I call him the old washed up, like catcher's mitt, skin of a hot dog, wrinkled, drunk motherfucker. I, I mean, I called him name after name after name. I'm re- I'm almost ready because like you said, this is where he makes his money. But I'm willing to admit right now that I was wrong. I mean, it seems like, like I, I know that they uh, winning cures everything, but the 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 night that they clinched all the guys going up to him Abreu going up to him saying i love you and ta and 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 all these guys they're willing to ride with him because he's riding with them like anytime there's a scuffle and a bench clearing brawl and whenever like a player gets hit he's he's fucking down for the cause even though he is old as hell so i'm willing to admit when i was wrong and i feel like we gave him a ton of criticism and we shat on Reinsdorf and we were like, we felt bad for Rick Hahn because they went over his head, but it seems like it was the right call. But like you said, this is Tony time. The playoffs is what he was brought in for. But that being said, he's got the experience. So like, I, I, I feel like we're in a good place and that's all we could ask for because last year was a shit show. Yep. Yeah. And they're, they're going to need it too, because they're facing Houston. This is a battle-tested team that's been there a ton. You know, they've yeah. won their title. They've been in, you know, the World Series a couple times now. They face really tough teams and continue to win. Um, you know, so I think this is – it's going to be a good series to really show, like, you know, to show their chops, to say, like, hey, we can go toe-to-toe. And I, and I really think if, if they can get through Houston, that is just going to create, like, a world of confidence that will carry them through the rest of the playoffs. I think that's – especially after how they played this year against Houston in the regular season. I think if they can overcome this team, I think this is a good matchup for them. 
And I think this is a team like, because I wouldn't want to face the Yankees. You know, I wouldn't want to face Garrett Cole. I, I don't know if I necessarily want to face Toronto right now. They're they're super hot. And if they get in, they're going to be a problem. Uh, I don't know if I'd really want to face. Um, I think Boston would be a good matchup if they face them. But I wouldn't want to face Tampa Bay either. So it's. I think this is. It's tough to say, you know, but as an outsider, I think it, they match up pretty well against Houston. And, and I think, you know, the regular season means nothing. And I, I think, again, if they win this series and they get by them, look out. It's going to be, they're going to be a dangerous team in the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. I think, like, I mean, looking at it now, it looks like we're going to be the, I mean, Houston will have home field advantage. I think if they steal one at home, I, I steal one in Houston, that's all we could ask for. Steal one at Houston and come back home. And we got we got to get the cell rocking and rolling and stuff like that. I think if they still win Houston, build confidence, anything could happen. So yeah, I, I talked about it early in the season, like I wasn't scared of Houston. Now 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 that it's put up and nut up and shut up, I'm a little nervous. That being said, one last thing before we get out of baseball. Yes, because come on, I've we gotta go. This, I know, but we've had the, I've had this written down for a while now because preseason. You were sucking AJ Preller's dick and you were complaining about how, why can't the White Sox be like San Diego? And why can't San Diego, like, why can't we compete like San Diego? I admitted when we were wrong. I just wanted you, I want you to say I was wrong. I was, I was not correct. You're wrong. Just a minute. <laughs> yeah. Stuff, I'm just saying you were sucking. You're man. You're a man. Just admit it. Just say a minute. I was wrong, my man. Uh, Machado and Tatis and all these motherfuckers—they're 500 right now. Yeah, that that is true. Uh, and they probably didn't. Obviously, they didn't uh, keep up with the Dodgers and the Giants in that division. That's it's a craziness to think to think how many powerhouses are in the NL West right now. Um, yeah, no, I definitely think the Sox are a top to bottom better team right now. Um, so yeah, we should have made a bet. We should, we should have made a bet if the Sox or the Padres would make the playoffs first. And if he lost, he has to wear a Lurie Garcia jersey the rest of the playoffs. Oh, John, you, <laughs> you stole my, you, you stole my punchline. No. That was my thing was, I don't care who the Giants have. They don't have <laughs> Lurie Garcia. <laughs> all right we're, we're we're wrapping up baseball talk here it's time to it's time to yeah. and i think i think we have a a consensus of a four-way what a bum for the week is matt Nagy. i mean he's gonna be the bum of the year um does anybody have a non-consensus bum of the week no nope. okay so I, I think we're good so with matt Nagy. matt Nagy. You are the first, first ever quad what a bum for the week. So fuck you. You should retire, quit, go live in Montana or something. Go suck your own dick with your little play cards on the wall. Be you, coach dude. arena football. Piece of fucking shit. Um, I'm going to start off the, uh, the, what the MVBs of the week. And my MVB is, and I, don't know the guy's name. Maybe he was, maybe it was said, but 
my 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 bump my MVB my personal hero is the guy who took the pickaxe to the speed bumps in his alley. <laughs> yes. So you you, Tell you the are story. fighting so, you are fighting the battle for the little man because there's nothing more annoying in this city than a million speed bumps, speed tables, whatever you want to call them, in alleys and streets. And you know, he he this guy, his only mistake was running his mouth and not getting rid of the evidence because the city probably would not have noticed that it was gone until he started going on interviews with Daily Herald or in all the other. He was on NBC five. Yeah. He was on WGN. It's like, you're narking on yourself, my guy. Yeah. So you, you rightfully you take... so he was, he's your MVB. He could also be a bum of the week for being a dumbass. That's that's true. Cause I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to take a pickaxe to the, to the, the speed bump, you, you break off a little chunk. You walk down a few houses, you throw it in one neighbor's trash can. Then the next day you go throw it another piece and you spread the evidence around. You don't stack them up next to your garage, like a dumbass. But still, I'm very proud that someone is fighting back in, in the city against all the stupid. Now we just need to get speed cameras like the spray. Someone starts spray painting speed cameras and or chopping them, chopping those things down. Let's let's get all that shit gone. I will say now that I mean, I was in your neighborhood uh, this weekend. If you were to do that, you need more than a pickaxe, dude. And they're I, all I, over I told, your place. I like, told you need Sarah, dump, I'm, I'm bringing, you need I'm bringing some dynamite. Truck. You need a, you, know, you need a dump truck, some dynamite, like a backhoe. They're everywhere, man. I, I just want to go down. All the objects that you just mentioned right now, I can just see Jason try to do this like, uh, like Looney Tunes style. He's gonna be blowing up <laughs> yeah. his, his face. Acme. Big yeah, Acme just, truck. Yeah, I would like to see that happen. Actually, with Jason, the, go little, ahead with the little that. push, with the little push handle, and the, it says TNT yeah. on there, and. That's all I just see Looney Tunes right now with you. Yeah. Wiley Coyote style. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to take a stick of dynamite to like all seven speed tables on my, on my street. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, they don't serve any purpose. All they do is they get ice in them over winter and then they start chipping and cracking and they're not even a table anymore. It's just. I will say old... now that I'm a father with two kids, they kind of do serve a pur- purpose. Yeah. And what purpose is that? Annoying. Yeah, your ass slow, down. slowing your ass down. I've seen how you drive over speed bumps. I know you got a nice car with a nice suspension and you don't really feel them, but you don't make you you just you don't pretend they're not there. I don't mad mad max Jason. That's right. So yeah, the dude keep you know you paid your fine, but keep fighting the good fight. Go go come over to my neighborhood with your pickaxe. You can hack at those speed tables. There's no cameras around. Do do your thing over here in Bolingbrook. And keep fighting the good fight, my man, my MVB. Uh, Cousin John, go ahead. I'm going to go more on the sports side. I'm going to come back to the Bears. I'm actually going to I'm gonna say Sean Desai uh, is my MVP because he has done what Matt Nagy can't do, and that's make adjustments. We saw week one, big plays over the top. Week two, week three, we saw very little of them. We saw more pressure coming uh, from our front four. Um, and really just getting after the quarterback. Um, we saw more sacks the last couple of weeks. And I think the one thing that I noticed too, is we didn't see Khalil Mack drop into coverage the way that he did with Pagano. I think he's getting more to that traditional 2018 defense that we saw under uh, Vic Fangio. Um, and again, they just created pressure and Baker did not sit easy most of the game. And I think that's really hard to do with Baker because he moves pretty well in the pocket too. So um, I'm going to say Sean Desai did a good job. Good. Yeah, he did. That defense was definitely in that made that 
Bears keep in that game for the majority of it. So, all right, Johnny, go ahead. Uh, yeah, um, mine is actually somebody who's been on the show a couple times. Um, he actually just posted out. Um, uh, there was a video that that came out on NBC of an interview that that um, that he that that he had. Uh, Bob Pants. Uh, I know for the for the time that I met you, we've just been going back and forth about tigers and and the lions. you know this lions and socks and bears and just the trash talking back and forth. I, I you know. Um, but um, very touching story w- with him. Um, his um, his dad uh, had had gotten COVID. He got COVID pr- pretty bad, and um, it was definitely um, a hard recovery. But um, seems like he's he's getting a lot better and all that. Um, and it's taking a little bit more time for him to to heal. Um, what Bob's doing is uh, Bob's going to be running the Chicago marathon and he's been really training really hard. He's been, you know, working very, very hard to, to reach a goal. And he's kind of like in, you know, when he's doing running of the mile, he, he's, you know, telling his dad, like, you know, you know, I'm not giving up, so you can't give up. And um, if you ever uh, get a chance to go on NBC five, it was a very touching uh, video. Um, it just posted up uh, today uh, on his interview. Um, but um for all the shit talking that me and him go back and forth with and stuff, I think it's a really touching story and I'm, I'm really rooting for him in the Chicago marathon and hope that his, uh, his dad, uh, gets, uh, you know, his recovery's a lot, you know, quicker and, you know, we're all thinking about him. So, um, yeah. Uh, pants, you are my MVP, man. Yes. Who would have thunk it? Good. Good on you, Bob pants. I still all hate right, Isaiah. I still hate Isaiah Thomas though. I think everyone's from does. Chicago. <laughs> no, I know that, but I don't like him anyway. Yeah, my Peter, take I, us home. MVP, I, you guys know I'm the golf guy, I'm the golf guy of the bums. It, it's Team USA, it's the Ryder Cup. I got them all down. It's Steve Stricker, it's Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantley, Bryson DeChambeau, Harris English, Tony Fina, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas. Um, Team USA, for, for those that don't know, especially Ryder Cup stuff, they had lost seven out of the last 10 Ryder Cups. Um, they are more talented than Europe's most years, but they just can't come together. They can't gel as a team. It's almost as if like uh, golf is a singular sport, not a team sport, and they couldn't figure it out for the better part of two decades. Um, but they figured it out this week in Wisconsin. They rolled Team Europe. 19 to nine. It's the biggest lead since team Europe became team Europe. Um, and it was awesome to watch. We watched most of it. I watched most of the finals at your house, Jason. Um, but we need, I, we need more Ryder cup and, and team competitions in golf. And I think, um, you know, the president's cup is like team international that's coming up next year. And now, and, it's just fun to watch, man. I feel like the, the, the crowds are going crazy. It, it gets like more casual viewers involved and stuff like that. And for them to uh, figure their shit out, basically, um, it's just a good story. So I'm happy. I know Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau, they've both been on the better part of like a freaking media blitz for two years and people hate them. And they hate each other and they couldn't figure it out. And they, they, they figured it out. And now they came out being more likable because of it. Um, so that I will tie into my next MVB and my last MVB. 
it's the bums because I, right. I was going to close this. Dude, most... you, were, you, you read my mind because I was going to close this out with the trifecta MVP we, because I'm... we are on fire. I want to pat all of ourselves on the back. Very Horowitz style. Um, we, I've been nailing some golf bets for the better part of 18 months now. Like we, we since, since whenever Illinois or like bet, betting became legal in Illinois, serious money has been made on golf bets and and now we've got the nfl rolling and it took us a little while to get our foot like our you know like our feet wet if you guys aren't following the bum bets the last like three weeks i don't know what's wrong with you because there's some serious money being made on nfl and golf look we uh the other day on thursday night we dropped some of those bets and we hit on thursday night um, you hit on your, you hit two out of three out of your Ryder cups. I went three for three in my bets. Johnny went two for three collective seven for nine for the week. Right now, the Monday night football, uh, bum bets is rolling. And, um, we are almost, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to go five for five, but I am probably going to go at least three for five deck is winning. Deck weeks. Is That's not, all we need. Yeah. We need to be um, above 500. So if hopefully in this last quarter here, I can get some Devante. I did mostly prop bets so I can get, if I can get some more deck passing and some more Devante uh, Smith receptions, I'll be a nice five for five, but yes, you definitely need to be riding with the bumps. Cause we have been on fire the past couple of weeks. We are making you some money and we're hoping to keep it going. Obviously on Thursday night and rolling into week four. So and playoff baseball. Yes. And playoff baseball is coming up. So you guys, Definitely, if you're listening, make sure you get you put to put those alerts on for Instagram or Twitter or both. And then when you see that that hashtag bum bets, throw some money down because we we have been making we have make, making some good decisions lately. And if we keep this up, we might have to start thinking about like infomercials or something like that, like doing like Fox 32 or something like that or Dude, Channel 50. You know, I keep making the graphics. I keep tagging like. Harris and MGM and Barstool Sportsbooks and FanDuel and DraftKings on Twitter. If we keep winning, eventually at least get someone to sponsor the podcast every once in a while. We just got to keep winning. Yeah, nobody, nobody fuck up. Big Cat and Presidente haven't been doing that great lately on their on their NFL bets. Well, that doesn't matter. Those yeah, I know. Print, print money. I'm just saying. Right I'm anyway. just saying. I'm being a hater. You know, ride with the bums. Um, all right. That's doing it for this this week's show. Cousin John, thank you so much for coming in and giving you your fuck Mac Nagy takes so in your baseball takes. We definitely appreciate it. I will say yeah. we I also appreciate all the Instagram because anytime you post an Instagram story, I just reshare it with the the Chicago Sports Bums Instagram. At this point, you're the fourth bum because uh wait, wait, wait Joey P Joey P. We got we oh got yeah, Joey we got P Joey P and, and we got Joe. Well, maybe we'll have a, a Royal Rumble. And we we've already made um we've already made Kyle Brandt the uh, our unofficial that's unofficial true and bomb. Mike North yeah so but John, John's in John's fighting for you know the the unofficial maybe like seventh bum you're the you're the fourth bum in my book John <laughs> well, I I appreciate it, Peter and I appreciate it guys uh definitely have me on for some Blackhawk stuff man I can't wait for the season yep. to start season, that's season coming up quick. soon. Dude, we're gonna have to have a Blackhawks and Bulls preview because I'm excited for both. They, yeah, the I'm, going to, I'm going to both home openers that week. 
the, oh, the wow. team pictures nice. came out for the Bulls and I, like just seeing all the guys in their jerseys, I'm like, holy shit. This this, this might be happening. the most the most hyped bull season I can re- in recent memory that I that, that I'm excited for. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll def- definitely we'll, have we'll, you we'll on. Gets closer to the season, we'll do a, a, a preview show. So cousin John, thanks. As always, HBIC Baloney Southside Bum. Follow us on Bum Bets and uh, Bum Bets on Twitter and follow us on Instagram as well. Subscribe to the podcast because you know you want to listen to all of our fuck Matt Nagy takes. Fuck we'll Matt see you guys. Nagy. We'll see you guys next week. Good night, Javi.